All right, you nerds, you geeks, you achievement planners. <laughs> I was like, I was going for a number three, and everything that popped up was like negative. Like, <laughs> it's because it's because like nerd and geek. Not even ten years ago was like a derogatory, offensive. So word. true. Like, well, if you are a troglodyte or a troll or whatever. <laughs> Welcome to the No Nothing Nerds podcast. We are back again uh, for another wonderful episode. I'm Twitch, as always, bearded, next to my, well, across the table from my beautiful Someone baby next fest. next to, I suppose. Baby fest. Baby fest. Baby faced. Yes. Co-host Luke. Hi. How you doing this week, buddy? I'm, you know, pretty good, actually. Yeah. Uh, it's been a it's been a really low key week. I've had a productive. I had a super productive Monday. I basically did ten hours of work on Monday. Okay, and then I haven't had to do anything since because oh, nice. of that Monday. So wow. it's been it's been really great. I don't think I'll have to work until Friday, just because of how everything is gone. You lucky bastard! I know it's insane. So me on the other hand, I got to work every day except for today. I haven't really technically quote unquote worked to make money today. That's fair. So. That's fair. But here we are. Here we are. Good news on my part. I did not get in an accident this week. Yeah. <laughs> the last two podcasts have have uh, have been featuring an accident from Twitch. It's so true. So that's that's good news. Everything else is like meh, but like good news, no At accident. At least you got that. That's yes. good news. I'll take that for sure. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so before we get moving on, I want to introduce a new segment that we'll be doing. It's a semi-reoccurring segment called Shower Thoughts. Ooh, steamy. So the shower thoughts is just going to be a little segment and you'll, the jingle that you just heard, you'll hear that whenever we bring up shower thoughts and shower thoughts are just basically if one of us are in the shower or just like those thoughts that just kind of randomly pop in your head and you're like, Oh, that's a good thinker. So my shower thought, the first shower thought that we're going to do, I was listening to, uh, the, all, uh, this American life podcast uh-huh. and they brought up, um, it was an episode about superpowers and superhuman. Okay. And one of the little pieces on there, they had a guy that went to like bars and stuff like that. And they asked people like, which would you choose out of these two superpowers? Flights? Interesting. Or invisibility? And I had a qualm with the guy that was presenting these questions. Because if you're a nerd and you think about these things, like I have done in the past, which would I prefer? Like what, what superpower would yeah. I have? Yeah. Would it be flight? Would it be invisibility? Would it be teleportation, telepathy, telekinesis, whatever, and stuff like that? And he he just gives people those options, and it should be based off of just those two options and nothing else. Well, he added in kind of like what are so how fast you could fly, yeah, um, and then like the limitations on the invisibility is like you can only make yourself invisible you so you'd have to touch get... somebody and they they wouldn't be invisible would you have to get naked he didn't make that stipulation clear. okay so i think you could still like whatever you're wearing would be invisible because like that's for me w- was a big drawback to the invisibility yes you know is that if we're if we're going off of like the incredibles logic no you have to have specific clothing that can Correct. also ter- become invisible with you yeah and it's like that kind of takes the fun out of it but he made a point, and this point was clear. Like, I do get this, is that people would make their initial decision, but then they would kind of, like, backtrack and be like, well, here are the limitations with it. And the other side of it is, like, 
one or the other typically means that you're kind of more towards like the bad side of using the superpower versus the good. So invisibility, I'd rob all guys. Well, rob a bank or go into a girl's locker room. Oh, I hadn't even thought of that. I don't think I'd do that though. I wouldn't do that either. What's weird is I think that's like a weird, uh, moral, like I would rob a bank before I'd go into like uh, a women's bathroom. But here's where my shower thought came in. Here it is. He said that with the flying, and this is where my beef comes in. Yeah. He says that with the flying, you have the ability to uh, fly a thousand miles per hour. So first off, physics, and I don't know much about physics. Sure. So nerds out there, geeks out there, Fact check physics heads that know more about this, you guys <laughs> will understand why this is problematic. So if you're flying a thousand miles per hour, that's ridiculous, crazy speed, and right. you're you're in turn. Uh, going against airflow, which causes friction. So even if you could fly a thousand miles per hour, could your body actually withstand? Right. But like, uh, uh, like my car can go 180 miles an hour, but like, so says the speedometer, but the physics of that car. Right. right, I know. I know. But what I'm saying is like, just because I can fly a thousand miles an hour, doesn't mean doesn't you mean that I should or will correct correct because no one needs to fly at that outrageous speed unless you're trying to do some like crazy like feats of nature and stuff but also like, like flying international would take forever it would take as long as it would because like what planes are 500 miles an hour is that what it is so, like I would guess 300 to 500 300 to 500 like so if even if you're flying half the speed which again we're not sure if your skin would stay on your body moving 500 miles an hour which it wouldn't right so. Uh, so I don't know, but again, that falls to that falls suit to the invisibility thing of like if you had a special suit, like if you had an Iron Man suit, could you fly a thousand miles an hour? Potentially, right? Physics, physics guys out there and ladies, be able to yeah, you know, tell us whether or not. So I think like I think those questions are dumb, and I love pondering them. I remember Bill and I, we were we started talking about it at like nine. Uh huh. No, maybe it was earlier. It was like eight a.m. We started talking about it. In my apartment, and then at like one thirty in the afternoon, we were like, "Let's get some breakfast." We were talking about like two superpowers that yeah, whole yeah, time, yeah. Just diving into every little detail of yep. like what you would do, what your limitations would be, like would the government try and get with you? Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Um, but there are. It's always to a fault because it, it's such a stupid conversation. Because yes. first of all, the the it doesn't exist. Uh huh. And second of all, it's all like speculation yep. of well let's say we can do this but you can't do that and and here's the other thing with it they they also said you don't have super strength but if you're able to go a thousand miles per hour and let's just say for instance like you're able to go a thousand miles per hour and your skin isn't ripped off your body like the superpowers like cause your like skin to be sure. like semi sure. invulnerable um you would technically be able to use like super strength feats like you could move something that is pretty a lot heavier than you're think used you could. to. I think you'd break your arm. Well, you may, or you would just break right through it, which is counterproductive as which well. Which is counterproductive. So you technically couldn't save somebody. So if you're like going like yeah, because like 150 like, miles per hour, you just like slice or break right through them. Right. If I tried to move a car right now, stand, standing right up next to it to start pushing mm-hmm. it. And then went 15 feet away from it and sprinted head first and put my yeah. arms out. I would hurt myself pretty. But badly. if it was, here's the, 
we're getting so nerdy with this. <laughs> we're getting into that conversation. But if it was in neutral, if the car was in neutral yeah. and it was on level ground, yeah. and you started pushing it and just like use yeah. your bit of momentum yeah. to push it, you could probably get it to get move, even though it's heavier than what no, you. No, right, but that, but then I'm saying, then you put it in neutral and then you run at it with your arms outstretched. Uh-huh. You're gonna hit it, and your arms are gonna come back to your chest. No, you would just you would just start pushing it from where you're or at, or you break your arms. Still. Let's you can, go outside right now. I'll put my car in neutral. If it's on level ground, you could pro- you could actually move it forward. I've I, done that before. Have you? No, but like you're standing next to it. Yeah. And you have your hands on it. And, and then you start to push it. You, that's fine. I'm fine with that. Yeah. But I'm saying running Running at it, into it, yes. That's, yes. <laughs> but you were saying I couldn't push the car No, I from wasn't saying that still. you couldn't push your car from standing still. <laughs> this conversation's gone off the rails. Let's talk about the So that's the end of the shower, first shower thought. I just had a problem with a thousand miles per hour and like your body being. No, I, being I'm with apart. you. I'm Anyways. with you. I wouldn't be surprised if all of our shower thoughts turn into those like where we're just arguing with yeah. each other and then we're like, wait, we have to do stuff. We have to do stuff. Um. Anyways, this is our episode 44, and today we are talking esports for all you gamers out there that love competitive gaming. Who will get a shot at the one million dollars? Ten years, esports would be bigger than the football. Teamwork and the trust and the sacrifice are true for every team sport. It's the I I I come from one side. Luke comes from a totally different side of this. Maybe, 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 maybe. Um, today changed some things. Today but changed keep, some keep, things. Keep, okay, keep, keep all right, all keep right. Talking. Keep talking. Uh, so today we watched. Uh, we've we've watched actually two documentaries about the esports world. One is uh, uh, Super Gamers, which is a BBC documentary that came out. Uh, two years ago, something like that. Um, and then the other one is a f- uh, was called Free to Play, which is all about Dota 2, the internationals that happened in 2011, which at the time was the biggest prize pool of any esports yeah. gaming competition. Yeah. Um, and if you're interested, the, the Super Gamers is on the U- on YouTube, um, and then the Free to Play is on Steam for free. You it's also it. on YouTube, I think. Oh, is when it? I just looked it up, uh, it it showed up somewhere else but it's totally free if you're on steam yep um so it was really interesting to see yeah it's, uh, it's on youtube so. yeah so it was really interesting to get peek into this world because i don't really have any like insight sure. into it because i'm not a gamer as that has been made well aware <laughs> to listeners many times especially when we played uh uh Cuphead Cuphead and, Cuphead and hollow knight yeah i was wrecked completely yes in that game luke didn't he he barely had to lift a finger to to beat me (laughs) which i mean like coming from someone who has many hours in both of those games Mm -hmm. it's not like i don't have bragging rights you know what i mean that's like if that's like if uh I don't think I'm, I'm not trying to give myself this much clout, but yeah. that's like if LeBron James came up to me and was like, let's play some basketball. It's like, Oh, you could, you could do, you could handle it. <laughs> There's no way. But yeah, the, the, the esports for me, uh, has been something that was really captivated. That really captivated me in like 2014 and 2016. Okay. I'd say, was like when I was heavily, heavily involved, mostly in Counter Strike. Yeah, because I I played so much Counter Strike between those um, between those two years. Uh, I was bachelor. I would I would basically work all morning. I worked at a bagel shop. I would work until 
whenever. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I would come home and play video games. And just like being so involved in that world was really cool. And seeing how popular it was was really cool too. As I touched on at the beginning of the episode, and as I said it, I was like, oh, this is actually pretty topical. Yeah. Of like how. Uh, the the term nerd or like gamer has changed yes. since 2000 even 2010 yep. is insane uh and and to see that was cool cuz i've never really been a big gamer until i started playing counter strike okay and so to be like go from to to go from the position of yeah uh all people who play video games are like losers losers trolls in their mom's basement right to then become a loser troll in my mom's basement was like really interesting it was cool (laughs) to see both sides of that uh of that coin i guess what you could say i remember the first time that like really blew my mind was when i saw esl or i don't know esea something like that again it's been too long now but uh in katowice they had a csgo tournament okay that had like i think like more people, I'll, I'll mess it up. I really will. But more people tuned in to watch that than like the NBA finals. Yes, which is insane. That side of it is just mind blowing to me because I, well, I shouldn't even say that it's too mind blowing for me because I'm not even a huge sports fan sure. in general. So my point but in the sports conversation, are in everyday life, it is it totally is. But it blows my mind that there are so many people that are so engaged in like watching people do these competitions. Yeah, um, yeah. As far as video games are concerned, like they sell out huge arenas. Like in this, in in the free to play uh, documentary and Super uh, Gamers documentary, and even some of the other videos that I watched about out it, they're playing these huge arenas, and it was. Packed, packed to the gills. Absolutely sold out, yeah. And the, pe- the people were there, like, they were screaming, like, oh, any yeah. type of game. Super fans, yeah. yeah. Some of the gaming stuff that goes on into it, like, you were doing Counter-Strike. Did you ever do that competitively at all? Yeah, v- very much competitively. Um, not, like, not super, super in-depth, you mm-hmm. know? Uh, I played it very seriously. Okay. Um, but there was a time when I was playing CSGO where it was, like, I played a very so it's it's CS:GO is a really hard game to describe because I played a very um, sort of niche area of of the game. Mm-hmm. So the main draw of like what the pros play are, are competitive five versus five. Okay, uh, where it's like bomb scenario. So yeah. one team's trying to plant the bomb, the other team's trying to prevent the bomb from yep. being planted. So like offense defense. Yep. The one I played was it's called KZ. And okay. it's basically manipulation of the movement in the game server. So if you, it's it's wacky. So if you okay. can, you, you can move your body in a certain way okay. in the game that like messes with the physics. Oh, and you can move very fluidly and f- quick in the game. It's called bunny hopping. Okay, if you've heard of it, maybe. Nope. So it's basically like when you jump in the game, uh-huh. your uh, acceleration increases. Uh-huh. And then it peaks, and then it drops when you hit the ground. Gotcha. But if you hit the ground and then start a second jump, you can actually increase your acceleration. Oh. So you can keep going faster and faster and faster until you hit the game's peak, right? Mm-hmm. And with that, you can move, like, absurd amount of distances in one jump if you've been going long enough. Gotcha. So KZ is, like, their movement of the game. So, like, they would have these maps 
that would have one block here and then another block closer to it and then another block a little further away and then another block a little further away and then another, you know what I mean uh-huh. and I got to the point where I was so good at it where it, I met this crossroad of like I can take this very seriously and start playing 10 hours a day mm-hmm. and get really recognized yeah or I can just stop yeah go back to playing cat because it was to the point where like I was meeting people who were like insanely good. Uh, uh, and I would be able to like hold my own with them. Yeah. But I knew that to be able to do that consistently, there would have to be a major time sacrifice that yeah. I wasn't willing to make. Gotcha. Uh, so that's kind of where I was at with it. Would you have, uh, if you would have continued on with it, would you have like joined like a Counter Strike team? And, there's like- no, there's no like KZ. There's nothing like that for KZ. Oh, okay. But what would have wound up happening is if I was spending ten hours a day playing the game, it wouldn't have all been KZ. It would have been competitive. I would have met people through there, and it would have like just kind of connection to connection picked up. From okay, there is probably how it would have went. Gotcha. Um, but I, the, my biggest problem with video games in competition is mm-hmm. that, and uh, there are some. I have some friends who will be listening to this right now who will not believe this, and it's because they've seen me on my ba- bad days. Uh huh. But I'm not a very competitive person. Okay. Which makes <laughs> stuff like that hard for me. You know what okay. I mean? There are some, when I get mad, it's because I'm playing poorly, mm-hmm. and it's it's never like it's never like how does he do that? He's oh, I hate him. I need to kill him yeah, or crush yeah. him. It's like oh, I screwed up. That sucks. Like yep. user error. I that's my like inner platformer in me. Where, like gotcha. I, I understand that every mistake is at least seventy percent your fault. Yeah, and it could have been avoided if you were better. Like yeah. that. That's a that's a harsh thing to say, but most things in video games can be avoided if you were just better. Gotcha. Um, so yeah, I, I wasn't willing to take that extra leap because I wasn't. I didn't have enough drive to do it. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, this is cool, and I'm pretty good at it, but didn't get much further than gotcha. that. Gotcha. Um, I I've never played competitively i've never played any game like, like not even like smash no not even smash bros um that's fascinating yeah uh i just would play with friends and yeah it's never like a real competition type thing like, and there was never like betting or anything no, like no that's crazy nothing like that's that. crazy um i just never was into it like yeah it never, yeah I it never that. spoke to me like i i played i played games through my grade school years through part of my uh, middle school years and then freshman year of high school. That was it. Dang. I played the best I ever got was with GoldenEye and Turok Dinosaur Hunter. Those yeah. were the only two games, and those are on 64. There's a new documentary about GoldenEye. Yes. It just came out. We haven't seen it. Um, but unless you have. Did you? I have it? not. Okay. I saw the trailer and I was like, this is a joke. It's, <laughs> it's, it's not. It's it's a scripted documentary. I guarantee oh, it. Okay. Um, it's it's meant to be more of a joke than an actual documentary than anything else. It looked like to me. Um, was it a Valve produced one? No, it wasn't. Okay. Okay. It was definitely independently produced. That's cool though. I, it's so, that's funny. Um. Anyways. Uh. So. Yeah, that's about as far as my experience with, and just as far as competitiveness goes, like it's usually was playing with friends, and like, right, we we're just like had our had different teams that we were going against, or like it was all against all most times, um, and I was always the guy that got killed. I remember you had <laughs> said that in our uh, in our Cuphead Hollow Knight episode, yeah. you were like, uh, your friends loved. Uh, 
pitting you against themselves because it was like an e- a oh, free easy, kill that they easy could get. kill. Oh, guaranteed <laughs> kill. As soon as I spawned, it was like, boom, dead. <laughs> like, no contest. I didn't know how the buttons worked. The controller was so damn Did you ever, like, me. Uh, for me, with platformers, a mm. lot less so with online games, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Yeah. Um, with platformers, for me, is like picking up a puzzle or... Uh, I guess a puzzle is probably the best example, like a model yeah. car or something yeah. that you're going to paint. Like it's, yep. it's a project that I face head on. Okay. And it's like, I need to figure this out and, and do it again and again and again and again yeah. and again. Cause the, the truth behind it is, is that I'm not like, I'm not that good at platformers. I just have a, a pretty decent amount of patience when it comes to doing the same boss fight a hundred times before yeah. you get halfway through it. Yeah. And that's, I think what draws me to play. So did you ever get that like feeling of like desire to want to accomplish something like that? Yeah. When or was, was that met elsewhere? Uh, usually it was met elsewhere. Um, I, I did do a lot of puzzle S games early on, like when I was younger and stuff, as far as video games are concerned. Um, like I would, I would halfway consider like Zelda partially. A puzzle sure. Game. Yeah. Um, and, uh, Mist, I played Mist. Um, that was a huge puzzle game back in the day. Um, do you even know about Mist? I do. Okay. Um, so those are the games that kind of like entice me. Like if there was some sort of like logic behind it, um, and it wasn't just like a running gun. Although like I did a ton of running guns, like on the NES system, um, like, uh, Contra, I did run and gun on that. I did, uh, Ghosts and Ghouls. That was another run and gun. Castlevania. Um, those types of games. Right. Um, but when it got later in life, just, just kind of fell to the wayside, fell to the wayside. Yeah. Now, well, now the puzzle games that I play are like, so do go. Right. <laughs> such an old man. <laughs> that just put a big distance of age between you and I. Uh, yeah. <laughs> For me, I think I'm at an interesting crossroad with my life. Yeah. I'm kind of like, it's weird. I don't want to. I don't want to talk about this too much on the podcast. But uh-huh. I'm kind of like hitting an existential crisis in a sense. Okay. Of like, I really, really, really need to stop playing video games. Oh. Because it's just it's sucking so much of my time. Yeah. Away, and in a lot of in a lot of senses, I've made leaps and bounds to where I was even like a couple of weeks ago. Uh, of like, okay don't want to play games right now. I need to find this uh, satisfaction elsewhere. Yeah. Of like, cause I don't know. I've just, I, I've just really been feeling down that I've been spending so much time playing video games and yet I want to do so many other things. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Um. So yeah, it's, it's, just, it's an interesting uh, place for me where I'm seeking other ways to get that satisfaction yeah. from something that's like really difficult to do. Yeah. Um, and I mean, you can tell me how I was doing with that because you came here and I was playing video games. Yep. <laughs> I, you know, it's just, it's one of those things where you just got to find that out. And for some people, like it is like what drives them, what what keeps them going, and stuff like that is video games. And like we we saw that with some of the competitors that yeah. we watch in these yeah. documentaries and stuff. And um, sometimes they're misunderstood. Like you know, they they have a drive and a passion for it. You know, outside looking in and stuff like that, you say, yeah, it's ridiculous. You're trying to make a, you know, profession out of something that's just playing games. Right. Um, but if you look at the grand scope of things, like at least from the company side of things, like games are a hundred billion dollar 
industry a year. Yeah. So like, yeah. there's a lot of money, and it's that's only going and, into and it's it. only growing. Yeah. For me, the other thing that I have a hard time splitting the the uh, the connection with them mm-hmm. is that it's a it's a good social time for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like ninety percent of my friend group is online. Now, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and that's that's kind of tough to like because. It's 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 unhealthy, I know, but now I'm starting to associate my social time with my time wasting time mm-hmm. because it's playing video games that I spend doing that. So it's like, oh man, I just you know, it's like a I spent three hours hanging out with friends, or did I spend three hours wasting time where I could have been doing this? Correct, and I think <clears throat> I think that's just a societal thing that we're in right yeah. now and a generational thing. Um, it's not saying it's good or bad. Um, it might be kind of in the middle right, right. now. Um, and as far as like social constructs and uh, what's the um, social manners manners and stuff like that, it's one of those things where it's going to take time for us to find the balance. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and it could it could go to like situation like uh, Ready Player One, like the, in right. the book and the movie and stuff where, you know, Society was largely lived online in this virtual world. Um, and is that a good thing? Who knows? Right. In a world where everything's shit and stuff like that. And, you Maybe. know, it's overpopulated. There's not much room to go. Or if it's a desolate, like, landscape, like a pseudo uh, um, a dystopian type situation that we're in, uh, that we will just it might be better to live online than live in the real world. Right. But like that problem had to be caused by something. Correct. And could it, it could the problem have been caused by us just ignoring it? Very much. Certainly not getting better by us. Just ignoring it. Uh, Side note um, on things. So we did a podcast episode about Elon Musk. I just listened to most of the Joe Rogan interview that Elon Musk did. Very interesting. Cause Elon Musk was the one where he smoked pot. I have no idea. Oh, um, he might have because there was a joke about them. Like, there's a shit ton of pictures going around the internet of Elon Musk smoking pot on like some podcast. It might have been the Joe Rogan podcast because Joe Rogan's a huge pot. <laughs> uh, anyways, but like Elon Musk was, uh, you know, a big proponent for AI for a long time. Now he's a proponent a bit against AI for the most part. Really? Like he so really wants like to a... slow down the development on AI because he sees the future going towards a very dark place. And I think that like, you know, once again, in ready player one, the core of ready player one, or sorry, the world of the Oasis was an AI. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and like, I don't know. Cause then I circle back to it. It's like, uh, I, I think we've always looked for something to like drown our, everything into like as an escape Uh you know for some people it's alcohol for some people it's you know binge watching netflix now um but those those like escape from reality things have always been there it's just now it's like super prominent and realistic and we have other we have other methods of like justifying it you know Uh what i mean it's like oh it's my social time or oh i'm trying to get really good so that i could maybe one day make money off of it and to circle it back around to the esports things do you think it's a viable path for young people to go towards? First of all, I'll say it was Joe Rogan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just looked it up. Nice. Uh, it was Joe Rogan's podcast that he smoked pot in. Here's uh, here's the 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's funny. It's interesting. Uh, okay, so I don't know. I haven't put a lot of thought into that, okay. honestly. My my two-second response to it of, like, you told me to it, and this is just my uh, knee-jerk yeah. response to it, my initial reaction, no, okay. not at all. Because I think this upcoming generation, my generation, mm-hmm. in 20 years, we have a lot of pressure on us to stand up and do our part. Correct. Because there's been there's always that time where there's that generational shift of when we start having children – and when we start, you know, seriously paying our taxes and we yes. all have big boy jobs and, you know, we're cooking out in the backyard with our children running around at a birthday party, mm-hmm. there has to be like a handoff from yeah. the, that generation to our generation. Yeah. And I don't know if we can handle that if we're all like, because if everyone's chasing the same dream, no one's going to make it there. Yes. Like one or two people might, but it's it's like, it's kind of like that uh, oversaturated Ness. Mm-hmm. And I think that how easy, how easy I put that in heavy quotes, it is to become a professional gamer. Mm. Everyone is trying to do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And if we're all sitting on our computers for 10 hours a day, how can we be expected to, you know, understand politics? And you know what I mean? Yes. And I yeah. think, like, I think there's a lot of missed opportunity that we might be having. And this might be me speaking on emotion, but like, I think a lot of young creatives, especially, might be missing out on creating the next big thing because they're trying to become the next Dota Two champion. Yeah. So, I I would I would have I would have to agree with you on most of that just because of you know now we're in kind of like the Generation X as far as like being the leaders yeah. of the world right now or yeah. like the the U.S. and stuff. Because uh, the baby boomers are at the end of that. Yep. They're in the retirement yep. section yep. of life. They're in their 60s now. So They're... now it's like Generation X, and the next is like the millennials. Us millennials. I'm technically a part of. I hate the fact that. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> but but in, in the same sense, like, you're on the front end of the millennials, and yeah. I'm on the back end of the yeah. millennials, because I think it ends at the year 2000, right? I'm pretty sure it does. So yes. I've got a couple of years between me and the next generation, which mm-hmm. I don't remember what they call the them, the new ones. Yeah, I have no the idea. Kids either. born from two thousand on. Um, but you will have to pass the torch to me at some point. Yes. you know what I mean. So there's like intergenerational torch. Oh, passing. for sure, for sure. Because I still very much identify with the analog age. Right. Right. I, that's when I was born. I was born when it was still analog. Yeah. Like digital was just starting to rear around the corner in the eighties, um, to become like the thing that over, yeah, that yeah. took, took place of. Right. Animal. And like, I didn't, and the, to, for, to put my twin on spin on that, I grew up with CDs, not MP3s. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. I got an MP3 player. I remember when I got an MP3 player, which is saying something, you know yeah. what I mean? I wasn't like some snot nosed little kid. I remember I got an iPod for Christmas and it was like the first iPod that came out. Yeah. And that was a big deal. My uh, my first uh, MP3 player was a Creative Zoom. Ooh, geez, uh, mine was a Labs. mine was a yeah. yellow Walkman. Yeah, with the headphones built in. Yeah, and then I remember like my friends and I were stoked when the gray Walkmans came out because uh-huh. you could plug your own headphones into them. That was a big move. So were the Walkmans MP3 players, CD players? Oh, CD players. Do you remember the yeah, Walkman? Yeah, yeah. 
It's I, like the I, little. No, it's, I, it was like I, I don't think of that as a Walkman. I think of that as just a portable CD player. <laughs> what was a Walkman, Walkman for you? A tape player, like cassettes. Oh, yeah, that that's Walkman. funny. See, there it Walk is. Set, because there was an actual brand called Walkman, like. Right, so they then made the CD players. Apparently, I think. I so, think. But that wasn't a Walkman. Those are the Walkmans me. I had, <laughs> were the CD players. Anyway, that shows the generation gap. Uh, so we're gonna go into uh, a break right now, um, and when we come back, we're gonna discuss free to play, and then the know something quiz. <laughs> Uh, this week for the ad break, we're doing our recommendations. I have a recommendation for you guys. It's a podcast. So after you get done listening to this podcast and wow. subscribing to this podcast, you can go over and listen to Wolverine The Long Night. It's put out by Marvel, so it is actually about Wolverine. That's cool. Um, and it's a, it's a radio play. So it's actually full voice characters. It has sound effects in it, music. Um, really well done. It's a story about uh, two FBI agents that are investigating a string of murders in Alaska that seem to be connected to Logan, the Wolverine. So check it out. It's on uh, Apple iTunes. It's also on Stitcher. Originally, it was put out on Stitcher, um, but they put it onto Apple iTunes for or podcasts uh, for free. So check it out. For my recommendation this week, uh, I'm actually going to take the uh, different kind of stride and recommend a band that I've been listening to. Uh, Their their name is Your Smith, and for all my internet friends out there who are listening to this right now, yes, that's where my current gamer tag came from because I'm just obsessed with the name. I think the name's great. Um, I've been sort of like on an indie rock kind of kick recently, and... I just I f- I found them out and I thought that they were like so amazing. So I've been on like a pretty big indie rock kick recently, and so I've just been like sucking it all in. I'm following a hundred different playlists on Spotify, all indie rock, and I go to sleep to it, and I wake up to it, and I work out to it, and I drive to it, and I study to it, and it's amazing. Um, Your Smith has been the one that's captivated me the most. It's got a very Cheryl Crow style to it, um, kind of I want to soak up the sun style. Okay. Uh, but here is a little excerpt from one of their songs. So that's your Smith. Uh, I couldn't recommend them more. I think they're great. If you're into that kind of music, then I think you've found your new band. And if you're not into that kind of music, give it a shot anyway, because they've got some grooves on there. Uh, my recommendations are The Spot and Debbie, two great, great songs. The soundtracks to my vacation, actually. <laughs> Those are my recommendations. We will be uh, right back with Free to Play. And we're back. Uh, we are here to discuss Free to Play, a uh, documentary about the Dota 2 International Competition in 2011. And uh, then we'll get on to the Know Something quiz. Uh, 
Yeah, Luke's freaking out a little bit about that, and we'll get to that, why he's freaking out. Um, um, but uh, Dota 2, dude, like, I didn't even know this game existed before I saw this What? Really? How did no you know idea. this game? No Everyone idea. No idea. Dota 2 exists. I, I had no idea. Like, I was like, what the hell is this? And turns out it's, like, one of the biggest video game, like, competitions, and it's been like that for years. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like since 2010, like yeah. is when it like became big. Um, it's a it's crazy. Um, Valve has spearheaded some really wacky movements with their games. Like, uh-huh. I gotta give props to Gaben. As much as I hate him, I've had some Steam issues the last couple of days, and I, I actually got locked out of my Steam yesterday. Okay, and it took me just an inordinate amount of time to get back into my Steam account. Yeah, there was like no way I could have done it. I reached out to their customer support. I couldn't log into my account, so I reached out to customer support, and they send me a link with their response because they're all cryptid, uh, cryptic messages. Okay, so you have to click on the link, which takes me to my web browser, which then asks me to log into my Steam account to view my customer support about not being able to log into my Steam account. <laughs> I was so. So pissed. It took me like six hours to get back into my Steam account, which was like I was so furious. But as as much hatred as I have for the system, I guess the man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they've given us Counter Strike 1.6, um, CS Source, CS Go, Dota. They gave me Half. They gave you Half Life. They is, gave me Half Life Two, which is. In my opinion, one of the greatest first-person shooter games ever. Have you played Half-Life 2? Oh, yeah, Half-Life 2 is The Half-Life series, I'm just talking about in general. I fucking wish, and I wish they would make it Half-Life 3. 3. Because I did not feel like... Half-Life 2, like, resolved anything in the maybe, story. Maybe someday it will. I don't think it will, but maybe someday. Oh, it'd be so um, amazing. What what blew my mind about this documentary, to reel it back to the documentary, was that it's like, um, like sad undertones. Oh, my goodness. All the way through. It was a really depressing documentary. Yeah, it was it. super depressing. Like, I, I really recommend it to people who want to play, but for someone like me who's on the fence with playing video games, yeah. this was like heartbreaking for me. Oh yeah, it's like, oh god. Yeah, every character, every character, every uh, person, every gamer that they followed, like had kind of like some sort of tragic, like behind the scenes life. Type and then game. like they all lost. Well, uh, no, not all of them. Well, you know what I yeah. mean, though. But like. It's cr- it's it's just weird. Yes, it's just really weird. Um, so it follows the documentaries. The main uh, crux of it is it follows three players: um, High High, which plays for the same uh, team Scythe, which is a Singapore team; um, Fear, who plays for a uh, international team. He's an American, but he plays for an international team from around like different countries called Online Kingdom, and Dendi, who plays for a Ukraine team called Navi. Yeah, um, and Navi's got a stellar CS:GO team, or had when yeah. I watched them too. So um, they follow these guys through their time there at the tournament, and it's a five-day tournament, um, and they have a prize pool of one point six million dollars, which at the time in two thousand eleven was groundbreaking, biggest prize pool of any competition game a landslide yes i mean it was huge um and they were showing like earlier like uh they showed a graph which uh said that the amounts ranged from originally from like seven hundred dollars up to fifteen thousand dollars and that was the max for dota yeah Yeah. i believe that was only for dota 2 
Um, and then like all of a sudden they started in the gaming community hearing that the prize pool was going to be upwards of $50,000. And they're like, no way. No way. And all of a sudden Dota 2 Valve like announced, uh, yeah, it's $1.6 million that we're doing for the prize. That's like crazy. To yeah. Me. So along with that, so like the $1.6 million prize pool, the gamers win that prize. Now, most of these gamers, and this is just something that I've learned kind of over the last year of learning more about um, esports and stuff. Yeah. A lot of these gamers, they don't live at home. They live in gaming houses and they're, they have a salary and they have their, their, their room and board paid for and probably a little like extra cash on the side that they get. Now, even though they win, like who the first place team, if they win the million dollars, how much of that money do they actually see? Uh, I don't know, but I know it has to trickle down from a lot. So like yeah. if, if uh, the international team had won um, uh, online kingdom, mm-hmm. if they had won, it would have been a lot different than when Navi wins. Yes. Because Navi's like an established corporation. Correct. That would be like if that would be like if uh Starbucks and a mon pop coffee shop went up against each other uh-huh. and like mon pop coffee shop won a million dollar prize pool. That's like dividing a million dollars against ten people. Yes. Whereas Starbucks is like dividing a million pe- a million dollars against a million people. Yeah. Um so I mean, the players get a pretty good chunk of the money because they're the ones doing the work, yeah. but they also have to pay the brand and the everything else and the managers mm-hmm. and the uh, everything. So I would assume that it's pretty small in comparisons. Like, even though they live win that million dollars, they may only see like $10,000. Right. $10,000, not bad. Not but bad. But then you but... think of like second place is only winning $250,000. Yeah. And that was another established team. Yeah. And the money still has to trickle the same way that it Because I know that, uh, and this is also from the Joe Rogan podcast, he interviewed uh, Justin Wren, who is an MMA fighter. Um, he fights for Bellator, which is, is one of the top MMA um, ultimate fighting type yeah. um, branches. It's not UFC, but it's like that. Um, and he was saying that he was a part of a house that, um, uh, housed people or part of a, a, a group that paid for people's housings. They didn't all live in the same house, but it, they paid for their housing, paid for food. They paid for training and they gave them a salary. Um, <clears throat> and if you want to fight 50% of your purse that you got from that fight, had to go towards the company that is right. housing you. Right. So they would only get 50% of that. And I don't, I didn't see what the price, uh, the purses, they call them purses and yeah. prize fight or in fighting. Um, I don't know what those purses were. Like if they're like $10 million, cause I know that some of those fights, like the winners get like huge, huge, yeah. huge amounts, but like how much do they got to pay back to whoever, like the house that they're. So, I mean, even if, even if half of a million dollars is going to the corporation and then, uh, five hundred thousand is being divided up by five players. Mm. That's ta- not a bad. I, I'll take that's that. Not a bad payday. I, I'd take that. Yeah. Any day. Yeah. No. So, um, so that's that's one thing that would if if I were if I were to have a kid and he was seriously looking into competitive gaming and really wanted to and stuff, that's something that I would be like, pick right. your team wisely, son or right. daughter. Right. <laughs> 
because uh, it's important nowadays though here's something another that's interesting is that and uh, again where uh oversaturation starting to play a big part in it mm-hmm. but people have a lot of the pro players have been twitch streaming oh okay so they'll they'll actually stream their practices uh-huh and they get to keep all the money that they get from their twitch stream oh okay so like one of the big one of the big names in twitch right now is shroud okay he was a professional counter-strike player and he started streaming his uh his his practices for his game. Yep. And, he, and it, because he was an established name and a big player, a lot of people were watching him, maybe like four or 5,000 people. Mm-hmm. And then he started to play other games in CSGO, which was not recommended from his team perspective. Yes. But it bolstered his numbers massively. Okay. He was going from 4K viewers a stream to like 20,000 viewers a stream. What? And he was making insane amount of money. And this was groundbreaking for Twitch at the time. Like no one was really yeah, in yeah. 20,000 unless it was like a tournament. Uh-huh. Um so he quits his team. He stops playing CS:GO professionally, starts playing other games, and now I think like if I if if I'll look him up right now. Um he's he's pulling in absurd numbers now. Let's see if he'll pull up. If he's not streaming right now, that'll be a different story. But the other thing is, is like he's always streaming now because he's making so much money. So he has he's not streaming right now, but in total, since he started streaming, which I don't know how long ago it was, he said two hundred and ten million people view him. What? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Which is like absurd i think he's the second biggest twitch streamer right now that's that's insane and like that's how that's how he works it out is he he starts uh his brand name and then he himself becomes bigger than uh what he once was so a lot of people in the gaming houses will just start streaming because they can stick like pro streamer yeah in the title and then people will go make some extra cash on the side so from what they're making from their salary but being the competitive player it's like it's impossible to do that now to like start a twitch stream without to, without yes. without having clout already because yep. like if i look at overwatch right now i'll look at something better i'll look at csgo csgo has sixty six thousand viewers on it right now uh-huh. but oh it doesn't give me like a live count of how many people are streaming it that's stupid why doesn't it do that all right whatever so i'll just i'll just show you and then you can explain it to the viewers so um this is everyone streaming Counter Strike right now. Oh yeah, it's just every it's time you like endless, scroll down the page, it just refreshes with and more. I'll do this for viewers, I could do this for like ten channels. minutes, and it won't stop. And all these people, these are like ten viewers, nine viewers, eight viewers. They're not making money. No, and I'm still going. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then eventually we'll hit the ones with zero viewers, and that pay, that those will last like seven or eight pages of yeah. scrolling of like people who have no viewers. That's that's insane. And it's just it, like how how do you make it in a competition like that? Yeah. When there's when there's sixty eight thousand people watching a stream, divide yeah. or watching one game divided into thousands yeah. of people streaming. And that's that's where the viability of it starts to fall. For me, as uh, somebody that was wanting to do it competitively, because unless you're winning competitions and you got a good, you you have some good sponsorships that are backing yeah. you and stuff like yeah. that, you're not you're not making a lifetime's worth of money worth. Out right, of it. You're right. Not. It's just and simple it's, math. It's, it's like 
you hate to be a Debbie Downer, mm-hmm. especially, you know, you and I are both creatives, yeah. you know, um, we're not necessarily, we don't have the odds in our favor, yeah. but more so than they do. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can't get a degree right now in playing video games that you can fall back on, yeah. you know? And, and in, in and the, docu- the time commitment's insane. Sorry. Yeah. And in the documentary that are talking that, um, pretty much fear was one of the older players in the documentary. I think he was 20, two uh during the documentary um and he was one of the older players and i think they said in the documentary that once you hit 23 or 24 something like that usually 26 is um, when 26 um you start to like lose your hand-eye coordination you're not as quick as on the click as you used to be right so your plates or your timing starts to fall to the wayside and you're not as viable as a player so it's a four-year career yeah well, and depending on when you start playing, because there's people that play when they're like 16 or something right, like but that. Right, but if they don't get picked up until they're 20, yeah, that's four years of them playing like nonstop just to get recognized, mm-hmm. and then four years only to possibly make what, like 100 grand? Maybe, unless they're, they have really good sponsorship. Right. Could potentially make in the millions. Right. But, you know, as we hear in the profession, the pro sports... and. I'd say you have a hard time sports, saying that, yeah. Pro sports of like NFL, yeah. NBA, and stuff like that. Those people get like these ridiculous, like million dollar, multi million dollar contracts, and you hear so many stories of them going bankrupt. Yeah, like within a few yeah. short years of them like either getting injured or leaving the and and football young is yeah. like mid twenties to thirties. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, like, if, if they can't be expected to handle their money, how can a 16-year-old making yeah. that kind of money be expected to handle yeah. it, you know? So, and then that also runs into the issue of, like, well, what are they doing afterwards? Well, they spent their part of their high school career, they spent part of the time that they would have been in college um, doing this and not doing studies, learning a trade or something like that yeah. to pick up afterwards. So, what do they do? Like, what is there to do? What is Go there? back to school? Yeah. If but then like you think of the in the in this documentary especially the the bridges that some of these players are burning with their families. Yeah. It's like sorry mom, I'm coming back home. I got to do school now. Yeah. I'm I'm you know, I'm 25 years old and I need to get my degree. Yeah. Can I live in your basement for a few years? Yeah. It's like man. I don't know. Um I did look this up. So, uh, and it was for Dendi, and it was part of the Dota 2 wiki um, page. It says total gross that he's made since he started, only $760,000. Right. And he's, like, one of the biggest names in Dota. Yeah. And, like, I'd take $760,000 any day. Yeah. But how much has he lost? True. You know what I mean? How much time has he lost? And, you know, Dendi's, I don't know how old he is now, in 2018. 28. 28? Yeah. He can't be playing much longer. No. He's probably not even playing anymore. What the hell is he going to do when he oh, turns... Oh, he's still playing. What's he going to do yeah. in, when he turns 30? Yeah. You know? There, it's just... It's weird, man. It's... it's. This has been, like, the most depressing podcast episode <laughs> we've ever had. <laughs> it's like me working through my existential crisis yeah. while Twitch talks about how yeah. unviable this is as a career. Yeah. Go get him, esports! <laughs> But so, yeah, it's one of those things where like, where how viable is this? 
yes, it's a huge, huge moneymaker. We're talking about billions of dollars that are going to these competitions. Like, in the Super Gamers, uh, uh, Riot Games was making with League of Legends over a billion dollars a year. And a lot of that money is coming from in-game purchases. It's a lot of that's obviously coming from the in-game yeah. purchases. Um, it's also coming from people that are wanting to go to these competitions, but people the, actually competing, sponsorships and stuff like that. But the important thing to take away from this, again, continuing our theme of a depressing episode, in the tag I'm going to put depressing yeah. or something like that. <laughs> um, Riot Games is benefiting from that way more than the pro players. Very are. much And true. here's what's interesting. The people at Riot Games are the super nerds who went to school, got a degree, and are now making, you know, millions to make games. Yeah. You know, and, and I think the I think there's like they they can they have us in the palm of their hands. They have wannabe esport pros uh-huh. in the palm of their hands because it's like, look at how famous these people are, you know, yep. look how cool these these select few are. You should try and do this, yeah. you know, spend all your time playing our game. And then, truth be told, it usually ends with empty pockets. Yep. You know, and so the moral of the story, get a job. Get a job. Go to school. Go to school, get a job. That's your opinion on it. Yeah. So, so yeah, let's just go quickly through the the competition of the the documentary. So, um, the three people that we followed, Online Kingdom, Scythe, and uh, Navi. So online kingdom was they got to the the top eight, then they got knocked out. They came in pretty strong. We're just killing it against the China teams who are super ridiculously good. Partially due to the fact that their their culture, like the Asian countries' cultures, China specifically China, like they're they're. Uh, if their you teams, do something, you e-sports. dedicate all your time. Yes, to they're it. dedicated to it. And these guys are legends. Yeah. The players are legends in their um, in their uh, country. Like so much so that like the, uh, it, one of the Korean teams. Um, I thought this was fascinating. This is hilarious. Yeah. Um, uh, so Korea has a, uh, a soccer team, football team that's in the World Cup, and for them to get psyched up to play this this match for soccer. They brought in the Dota 2 team, or not the Dota 2 team, StarCraft team from South Korea to go into the locker room and, like, pep up the soccer players because the soccer players were huge fans of the the StarCraft players, the video game players. How how mind-blowing is that to me? It's wacky, yeah. Because for me, and this is is where I I have problems with it. I am fine with calling competitive gaming a sport in, in are tech, you really i am for the most part due to the fact that yes it follows the rules there are people competing against each other there's something that's on the line there's winners and losers it takes it takes skill to do what they're doing um it takes training to do what they're doing so on that line i do consider it a sport the problem that i have is considering them athletes Oh, okay, I, see. I would not necessarily consider them athletes. Same what? thing with somebody that's playing chess competitively. I would not consider a chess player to be an athlete. Well, hang on. Let's put your theory up to the test. So you're okay. Oh, never mind. You're right. You're right. Webster's definition of athlete is a person who is proficient in a sport or other forms, uh-huh. which up until then 
makes an makes an esport an athlete, mm-hmm. makes an esport player an athlete. But here is here here are the three words of doom at the yeah. end of this definition of physical exercise. Correct. Yeah. I, I I I'm inclined to agree with you at that at that point. So people that are calling esports athletes, I'm like, come on, they're yeah. not athletes. They're not physically doing something that would put strain on their body. Like you might get carpal tunnel. <laughs> I don't. But I, that's not like a. <laughs> They're That's not, not something to brag about. They're not risking a concussion. Right. They're not risking broken bones or ACLs being torn and stuff like that. Like, is that better though? The the way you put that, I, like, I would consider it's better for the gamers. Yeah, right. But like, I think I I think there should be some sort of like. There should be a specific like. Oh, I think they're called or, esport athletes. I think yeah, that's the. Uh, I still would change it. To something you still else. would change it. Yeah. Well, e-sport gamer. E-sport nerd. E-sport gamer. I, I would just call him e-sport, e-sport gamer. gamer. Pro gamer. I was like, going to say pro gamer is a, is a common one used. I, and that's what I would do with it. That's what I've, I would I'll be honest with you, though. Like, like in the field, quote, yeah. when I'm hanging out with fellow gamer friends, mm-hmm. no one calls them athletes. Yeah. They're pro gamers. Yeah. Um, but even that's kind of a meme in itself. Yeah. Like calling someone a pro gamer is like. Yeah. It's weird though. I don't know. I don't um, know. but so um, back to what we were doing. So the competition, uh, uh, online kingdom gets knocked out. They get seventh place, and they get only twenty five thousand dollars for that. Oops. <laughs> five players, twenty five thousand dollars. They might have actually got split five thousand piece, or with their manager, right, and captain, and stuff like that. They probably got a little more. Um. Then, uh, you know, Scythe was doing well um, until they played uh, one of the other Chinese or Asian teams. It wasn't a Chinese team. Um, and they got knocked out. Yeah. Um, oh, they got knocked out by E-Home. It was was like, it E-Home? I E-Home did, knocked yeah, them out. Yeah. Um, E-Home knocked them out. And E-Home is like everyone's favorite. Like they were the favorite to win the whole competition, the whole kit and caboodle. Like E-Home, like for all you sports fans out there, like real sports. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, you're gonna get some flashback on that. We said last week we're not we're not afraid of making enemies. So yes, bring true. it on, internet. Um, for all of you sports fans out there, eHome is basically like if everyone actually liked the Patriots. Yeah, that's how it would be. Like that's the best way I could think yeah. I could describe it. Because like the Patriots always win, but everyone hates them. It's true. So. Imagine if everyone loved the Patriots. Yeah. That's Ehome. Saying that in dangerous territory, sir, here in Denver, Yeah, I know. I most certainly am, but <laughs> I'm wearing my Patriots hoodie. Wow, wearing a Patriots hoodie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> good thing we're not doing this live at yeah, the seriously. Broncos field. I, I, we should do one there. We'll do our next football episode like at the Broncos stadium. Oh, my stadium. goodness. Um, so they got knocked out by Ehome, and like Ehome, like – the documentary made them sound douchey as hell. Yeah, you're right. You're right. They they most certainly did kind of sound douchey, didn't they? Because they they're like they came in with like the guy was saying uh, one of the man I think it's the coach or the manager of Ehome's team um, was saying that when people see Ehome walking in, they think to themselves the king has arrived. Yeah, and I was like, dude, that's a little narcissistic. <laughs> Like you're tripping on your ego a little bit there, Absolutely. buddy. Absolutely, but I mean, if you're there, but yeah, and if you, they, if you got it, flaunt it. I it's guess true. you know. 
Um, but then the big, the big, big final showdown was between Ehome and Navi. Navi and Navi had been kicking ass yeah. that entire one. Yeah. Um, and the way it's played is they have uh, the matches are set up where um, they play three games. Is that correct? Um, three rounds against each other. And Navi had a one game advantage because they had done so well. They yeah. got to the they got to the grand finale without like losing matches, yeah. without being a, like knocked down into a lower bracket and having to win their way back up. Ehome got knocked out by quick. Navi. By Navi. Yeah. Um was it Navi that yeah. knocked him out? Yeah. I couldn't remember. Um so they got knocked out by um by them and they had a good win. And they actually had to win three games. Navi only had to win two. Um but then Eom beat them in the first round, and Navi was like, oh, shit. And uh, Dende's gameplay is not necessarily the best as far as a team. He's very, like, I got rushed. This. Yeah. He's got this. I'm going to go in and do this. Yeah. So he rushed in. But when uh, they played the second and third round, he stepped back. He actually was patient. He played it out the way it should have been, and Navi won. Yeah. Um, which is cool. Which is really cool. Yeah. Like they they weren't expected to win. Ehome was definitely expected to win, and they they knocked it out, knocked him out. So, so there you have it. So there you have it. It was a really it was a really cool documentary. It was depressing I, as it was. It was cool. Yeah, I think that I liked the free to play one more than the super oh, gamers one. Yeah. Um, even though the super gamers one went a little bit more in depth into like the world of esports, um, not just one single game. But this one definitely gave you more insight into how the competition works um, and how the brackets work. And being that it had a $150,000 budget and it was directed by Valve themselves, yeah. they yeah. were able to kind of uh, delve into more of like the inside yeah. uh, scoop, I guess you could yeah. say, uh, with more f- with more interviews. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, does that conclude uh, free-to-play? I think it does. I All think it right. does. So here we go. We're gonna go into the no no something quiz. Um, I have twelve points, right? Is that right? Yeah. I have twelve, and you have six. Is that yes. Correct. All right. So I I have the lead, and it's about to be bolstered, and it's about to be so. bolstered because Luke has not prepared questions. Yeah. So the way we had decided that we would do it a long ass time ago is that if the person who came. Without question, like if 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 the if a co-host came unprepared, yep. every question they were lacking in would be three points to the to my opponent. Yep. So Twitch now is twenty four points to my six. Twenty four. Twenty four. Nine plus twelve. Oh, excuse me. Sorry. <laughs> I should get an extra point for your math there, man. <laughs> Uh, 21, buddy. I said that with such confidence, you did. too. <laughs> 24, and as soon as... I was like, wait, what? You How does that just, work out? You should have just gone with it. You should have just gone with I it. I have 21. You have 21 six. to 6. So no matter how this goes, whether you get all my questions that I have for you right today, but I, could, I still get bragging rights. I could end up with 15 points. You could. Which would get me close. Quite a bit closer. Quite a bit closer. Like, if I got all three wrong, that would be really sucky. Yes. So. I would um, have to lose a couple of times really yeah, hard. Yeah. yeah. Which I have, is not impossible. It's happened before. That's true. Yeah, no. I have no excuse other than the fact that I was at the doctor's today for my broken foot. Oh, poor you. Poor me. I know. It's <laughs> life's No, hard. I really feel bad. 
I saw the picture. The funny thing about about him getting a broken foot today or messed up foot, he sends me a picture, and I was like, oh shit. He goes Twitch. Go- so I had to cancel on him yesterday for a plethora of reasons, but he uh, Twitch texts me today and he's like, are you gonna be able to record today? And I still hadn't seen this video yet. Uh huh. And it was like three hours before we were gonna start recording. So I was like, I'm actually not sure. Yep. <laughs> And I just sent him a picture of me in the in the office with uh, the, the gal um, wrapping up my foot. And I just asked him, what happened? And he says, I don't know. And I'm like, <laughs> you don't know how you ended up in a medical office? So uh, last <laughs> night I had a lot to drink and I, just, I woke up and I was in the chair and my foot was like sideways. <laughs> and I just randomly ended up in a medical office. I got there somehow. So, I don't know how. So naturally, my first concern was the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I don't have questions prepared. So uh, there you go. Twenty-one points. All right. So let's get so, let's get on with the onslaught. Of all right. Things that I probably won't remember. All right. Sue Leo Lu describes Dota as a mixture of what? Uh, soccer, foot like or football uh-huh. for all you Europeans out there, and chess points there's you, one sir. there's one so now i'm at nine uh at what place do players stop earning money from the 1.6 million yep damn buddy all right i got a feeling i had two 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 oh, questions shit. prepared okay just in case like you you happen, happen to prepare and ask me the same <laughs> question <laughs> so, which i didn't so I don't know which one to ask you because I got a feeling you're gonna get both. Um, let's go with the let's go with the actual like story question about okay. the document. Crap. What's the common theme with the parents of the three players? None of them were supportive. Bingo. Oh man. Okay, now ask me your other one. I won't take All points right. for it. But um, how does the Dota draft work? Oh, so, like would you have accepted an answer of like? They they ban heroes that you don't want the enemy team to play, and then they lock in theirs. Kind of, kind of. But what's the specifics behind the draft? How do you mean? Like, uh, how many players or how many heroes do they choose? How many? Five and five. No. Oh man, I would have got it? you. You should have done that. Damn one. man, they ban they ban four heroes. They do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. He's, he's fact-checking me I'm right fact-checking him live. How how does... That's a weird... Ban two heroes. Ban one of his... Ban signature heroes. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I guess I'm just going to have to... Yeah, well, it doesn't count towards you anyway, so... Yeah, no, it's yeah. true. I guess I just have to believe you. Yeah. Well, dang, you should have picked that one. I should have. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> All right. And like a minute later, I have 15 points. Yes. I still, bragging rights still are still lead. mine. Yes, yes. There was no contest this week for that. I definitely was going to win no yeah, matter what. There was no, there was no chance. Um, there was no chance. Next week for the show, ladies and gentlemen, is October. Yes. Woo! Spooky time. Twitch and I have been bouncing around the idea, although we we did have another idea that we want to toy with yeah. in October. But that episode might not come out until November because we were thinking of doing a spooky month for yes. uh, the month of October, uh, in which we kind of visit our 
read Twitch's favorite horror movies. Yeah. Well, I I, I have a I have a addendum to that. Okay. I think that we should do uh, a couple of movies, a okay. couple of uh, scary movies, um, and then potentially a haunt or a scary video game. Ooh. And or a haunted house. Haunted house. Like end it. Uh, well, because that's interesting because there's four weeks of podcasts in the month of October. Yes. So there's a, we could do a bonus episode of a haunted house. I think I'd have a heart attack though. I think we should do it because I was forced to go to. I one know, last I know, year. and it would be like, and I was the only be, one, only one to do the challenges I last know. time, and it's gonna be hung over my head for the rest of my goddamn life, and I'm prepared for it. But here's the thing: I think I would have a mental breakdown if I went to a haunted house. I think we should try it anyways. We'll, if you, if you I get will, too freaked out, we could exit pretty easily. I will consider it. Okay, I will consider it. But I'm super up for the uh, video game. Yeah. The video game playing of. That would be cool. Yes. Uh, So there you have it. All right. So, folks, uh, look forward to spooky uh, Halloween-themed episodes uh, for the month of October. Um, We love you guys. We want you guys to fact-check us, anything that we say in the podcast. Um, If we say something wrong or we misquote somebody or stats are wrong, hit us up through our uh, Facebook, uh, Know Nothing Nerds at facebook.com forward slash Know Nothing Nerds, or just search Know Nothing Nerds. Can it up us, hit us up on Twitter at Nerds, or you can email us at knownothingnerds uh, at gmail.com. Um, we uh, want you guys to subscribe, share, rate, review this episode on iTunes. Uh, let your friends know, know about us. Let your uh, your twice removed cousin from your mom's side know about the podcast yes um tell him that uh it has something unless he's an aspiring esport player yes maybe don't recommend maybe don't recommend this one to him (laughs) recommend something else recommend a different episode uh but yeah that's it for us we'll see you guys next time when we come in um and shit the music stuff that's fine. Okay. We can take a week off. Okay. Um, <laughs> this is the week where everyone comes in. Yeah. Like, no! <laughs> uh, so, yeah, this is it for us, guys. We'll see you guys next week. Love ya. Bye. Bye. We have, like, a tendency to end, like, awkward phone calls. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you hang up first. <laughs> no, you stop listening. You, you hang up first. No, you stop listening. <laughs> and then the viewer's like, no, you stop talking. <laughs> Bye, everyone. <laughs> Thank you.